fully moved now. I've fully moved house. Um, the new room is looking wonderful. I've got my decks back out. Um, it's great. It's like the house is, the room is like an office. There's just bare laptops everywhere. I suppose that's, that's the explanation for why we didn't do one last week. Exactly. Yeah. I was, for anyone who missed us last week, I was, uh, moving house and like everything was everywhere essentially. Um, so yeah, apologies for that. there's a race for third and fourth in the league and none of the teams won in that race i.e. Chelsea, Man U, Tottenham and Arsenal yeah United got slapped by Everton yeah thanks for yeah you know what actually I'm quite glad we didn't do it last week in fact I actually remember moving house and that was the only game over the weekend I managed to see whilst moving and it was horrible it was the first time I've watched Man United this season and after about 67 minutes I've been like you know what I don't want to watch anymore I actually just walked away. Wow. I tell you what, can we can we just talk about United for a little bit, please? Uh, because, go on then. Like, so Ollie's bus. Yep. Um, you know Ollie being at the wheel and all that. I I think he's bumped a few times, hasn't he, since he's uh, taken it permanently. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and. It's intriguing to see from your... Well, I want to know from your point of view what you think of it. Like, do you, looking back on it, do you think the appointment should have been made, you know, at the end of the season so the players kept fresh? Like, because, like, Everton ran something like eight kilometres more than you guys last weekend. Mm. And which, that's a massive amount. A massive amount. And it almost strikes me as just... I don't want to say that you can't be bothered because you've still got something to fight for. It's not that you're languishing in mid-table and you're sort of you're safe, but you're not going to get into Europe. You've still got four, third and fourth to battle for. Yeah, and there is there is just nothing about you, like literally nothing. You're awful. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying we're awful. But... Oh, you lost four 0 to Everton. Yeah. You, so you lost 4-0 to Everton, you lost 2-0 to Man City in a game which people said you were better, but you didn't do anything. Mm. And you drew today with Chelsea. Well, I think um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has never been known as a tactician. You look at some of the best managers in the league, in the world, and they all have their quirks, they all have their like you know, ways about them. You know, Pep has a very attacking style of play, as does Jurgen Klopp. Um, Sarri has Sarri Ball. All these play- all these managers have their, like, identity. And I think that the thing with Solskjaer is he was rewarded for coming in, being a smiley face, knowing the, like, the ethos of the club. But he doesn't, he's not a tactician. Um, and I've started to notice in recent games as well, he's kind of deploying the same tactics that, I guess Mourinho did towards the end of Mourinho's reign. Um, and I just think Oli is, is quick to be out of ideas. Um, he's literally jumped from 
a team in Norway to one of the most iconic clubs in the world. And I don't think he was really ready for the jump. We clearly had that uphill, not uphill, what was the word I'm looking for? We clearly had like a, a rejuvenation when he came in and he smiled and he put his arm around players and, you know, he got the best out of them for a short while. But after you get over that period, then, you know, you really need to implement some real tactics. And I don't think Oli's got that in him, unfortunately. And I think that's just I, what's I think happened. this is, I think that, and I wouldn't. I don't think I would put you like like you in this bracket. Or, but there's a lot of United fans that are saying he shouldn't have got the job and all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it just shows sort of how fickle football is because they were singing his name loudly when he was winning eight games in a row, and and you sort of have to take the rough with the smooth. Mm-hmm. So like, and he's not being helped by you know the he can't do the running on the pitch for the players, right? So I don't necessarily blame Solskjaer for a lot of the things going on. Mm. Um, I'm sort of hesitant to sort of say, sort of speak about what you were saying about being a tactician because I didn't follow his sort of his process in sort of Norway and sort of see what he was about. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, well, all we know he, as like fans of the Premier League, all we've really seen is him get Cardiff relegated. Yeah, and I think that's it. And obviously, which isn't it isn't a great sort of resume to go on. But he won nine games in a row for you guys, and I don't know whether or not that was you know, you know, two fingers up to Mourinho to sort of say, look, you've made us all unhappy, or you know, it was. It was like you said because he just put his arm around people and sort of they were, you know, they reacted to that. Yeah. But now, now they're not doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of, you don't see the, you don't see the energy. You don't see. I don't think you see the battling. It's almost like there's a, there's just a reluctance to battle. Like, I mean, I watched the, uh, so I watched the Everton game mm-hmm. um, last weekend and they they ran over you. And me, and like, which I think is great. Goodison Park is a hard place to go. It is, I think, you know, it's a very close stadium. It's sort of, you know, they are, they are a hardworking team and Marco Silva is doing sort of wonders from and sort of, if Everton were to come away with a victory, you know, a one 0 or a two one, I saw I wouldn't have been surprised. But because it was four 0 because of the nature of it and the stats, I think it's just and because Theo Walcott scored of all people, Theo Walcott, the athlete, the athlete with football boots. <laughs> um, you can't sort of I. I'd be hesitant to blame Molly because I just, I don't think the players were up to much cop. Like I remember speaking to you a little while ago and saying like about Ander Herrera mm-hmm. and everyone bemoaning the fact that he's leaving on a free and oh my God, this is such bad news. And like, like I don't really think he's that good. Like I think, I think he brings, you know, passion. I think he, you know, he is sort of, since he's sort of come from Bilbao, I think he's sort of brought, you know, a bit of heart and all that type of stuff and has brought into the United sort of 
way of life. But I don't, I don't see him as being outstandingly good in any one specific thing. Yeah, I don't think he's outstanding, but equally I think every team needs a player like Herrera, who has a bit of heart, who is a, also a bit of a utility man, can play kind of almost anywhere in midfield. Um, and like you said, doesn't stand out, but, you know, joins the cogs for the team. I think every team needs that. And I think every good team has a player like Herrera. And that's why I think it will be a miss when when we lose him. Because, again, like you said, show heart. None of our other players are really showing heart. Our most talented player is arguably Paul Pogba. If he had the heart and desire and consistency as Herrera, then you know, it wouldn't be so controversial that he's the only non-Man City or Liverpool player in the PFA team of the year. <laughs> Which is the most controversial thing in the world. <laughs> it really is, yeah. How that has happened, I will never... Like, it's because they made them votes early and at that point he was having a bit of a purple patch. Yeah. But how he has got in that team is incredible. Yeah. Um, I... If if Real Madrid come in with 130 million now, how quickly would you snap off their hand? I don't know, though, because he's quite young and I'd, I would like him to stay and improve. Because in the world, I, I can't think of a player we can replace Pogba with. Who's going to, if we don't make the top four and we haven't got a manager like Zidane or, you know, a manager that players turn around and say, oh, I really want to play for him. What, what's the draw with Man United? If we lose Pogba, what other midfielder are we really going to get realistically? So I, I wouldn't want to, I so, wouldn't want to sell him. I think he's indispensable to the club at the moment. See, and that's, and that's what I don't, yeah, because since he has arrived, because how long has Pogba been there now? Is this his third season or his second season? Third season, isn't it? Third, yeah. I've yet, I'm like, I've yet to see a sustained amount of performances. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, we like I said, he had that purple patch a little earlier on, but I wouldn't say Paul Pogba has lit up the Premier League since he's been back. And sort of, I heard, I heard quite a funny thing the other day. It was because, um, so everyone's saying that sort of Solskjaer, Sir Alex's apprentice, apprentice, and, you know, he's always asking Alex Ferguson for advice and all this type of stuff. And yeah. someone said, you know, well, what would Sir Alex do with Pogba? Sir Alex sold him. <laughs> yeah. So... I personally think that if you if you are offered 130 million, which is a 40 million profit or 41 million to be precise, profit for a man that's not really done a great deal, I think you mm. I think you take it. I think uh, what what we miss and this not just for Pogba but a lot of our um, seem to be talented players in the team. I think we need a manager like who's a real man manager I don't think Solskjaer is that guy Solskjaer will almost respect the players too much we need someone to say look I, I think you're talented and I think you're good but you need to take your finger out your bum hole um, and really you know take this seriously I, I don't think there's anyone in place who's really saying that. I think Mourinho had this approach but Mourinho kind of was too a bit narcissistic with it I think 
or you need somewhere in between someone who's going to respect the players but equally like get the best out of them and like you know discipline them I, I don't think Pogba's got enough discipline surrounding him he's already like you look at him he's he's supposed to be a young player still but he's clearly a leader in that team you can imagine in the dressing room he's a leader Jesse Lingard copies everything he does and I think Rashford is distracted as well. You look at all our talent. I think Rashford is distracted in there. I think Rashford wants to focus and wants to take his football seriously. And when you see him play for England, you see the best of Rashford. But in the Man United dressing room, I just think there's, I don't know, not enough serious leaders around him to like really put his arm around him and be like, yeah, you're the guy. Instead, he's got Pogba saying, hey, come and do this dance. And that, but that's, that's it, isn't it? That's sort of what you your sentence then was almost um, contradicting in the sense of Pogba's a leader, but then he'll shake people off task. Yeah, like, I, I don't really know what you get with Pogba, like because you have he's a leader who needs a mentor. I, that's what it is, and but it's yeah, yeah, and I think I get that. I think I get that. The thing that I don't understand is is that <clears throat> so. I think what you said earlier was perfect. I think, you know, Solskjaer and Mourinho are polar opposites. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is if per se Pogba's walking over Solskjaer Mm -hmm. and, you know, but he's, you know, disgruntled by Mourinho, Mm -hmm. who is that person to be Right in the middle. I thought it would be Zidane. I was hoping for Zidane. Because you look at Zidane's gone to Real Madrid now, and I think Zidane is one of the main reasons why Hazard is going to go to Real Madrid. Or maybe even David De Gea, because they'll look at him and be like, I want to play under this icon. I want to learn from this iconic. Um, He would, I definitely think the respect Pogba must have for Zidane. If Zidane was Manchester United manager, Pogba would sort his ish out. Um, you know what? In You'd like to thinking think about that. that, I think that's probably why Pogba might be led by Real Madrid now. Do you like? Do you, if all the United, if all the United squad was up for sale, mm-hmm. yeah, which ones would you keep? If you could, you know, if you, would you keep a lot of that squad? Um, definitely like Rashford. Um, probably Luke Shaw. I thought he had a decent game today. Um, and just on Rashford, sorry, is he still world class? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's world class. I think he's world class if he's got the right players ar- around him. I think. Yeah, I'm still saying that. I still stand by that. Um, still sticking with your guns. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> uh, David De Gea is tentative. He made a somewhat novel mistake today. It's a difficult one, but on his day, he can be the greatest keeper in the world. Um, <laughs> Dave's not saving much, is he? <laughs> no. I mean, this happens to so many keepers. Like I can think of countless amount of keepers in the past who have been easily seen as one of the greatest in the world and then there's a couple of seasons where they just make a few too many mistakes and then it's a completely downward spiral from there 
And uh, he'll bounce back. He'll, he'll bounce back. He's got know. the quality too. I really I just, hope he does, but I have this cynicism, and I kind of think every dog has its day, and I think David de Gea's day might be coming to an end. Oh, that is big talk. That is that's going in the headline on the Facebook post. <laughs> the David de Gea dog has his day. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it is really hard to say who I would keep in the squad. I could I could easily reel off a load of names I would get rid of. Um, but this is the thing. This is because. If I was Man United manager and you said to me, you could sort of just tell me the place you'll keep and we'll get rid of the rest. I would, I would keep De Gea. Yeah. I would keep Rashford. Yeah. I. Luke Shaw. I'd keep Luke Shaw and I'd keep Lindelof as Ah, a backup. I was going to say Lindelof. Yeah. And then I get rid of everyone else. Because mm. I'd keep I'm just, maybe keep Pogba as well though. See, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think that if someone is still willing to pay £130 for someone, that £130? You mean £130 million? Sorry, yeah, 130 quid. Then I just I think I wouldn't get I wouldn't get rid of him unless the money was right. Mm-hmm. But I think if the money was right and it was like 130 million, like has been speculated, I just I don't see how you can justify not selling him. I hear that. Unfortunately, um, and th- and this, but I mean, like I said, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because it's it's just an interesting topic because you guys seem to be pummeling everyone like and it's just it's stopped like but it's almost stopped abruptly and I just I think I'm confused as to how it can stop that quickly that abruptly and that sort of almost badly because I don't think that I think it would be okay if you guys started losing games but we're performing well. But I don't see the performance there either. Well, there's an interesting argument. Sorry, there's an interesting argument to suggest that we might be tired. Is that fair? Um, (sighs) Athletes at the peak physical fitness? Because I almost almost think um, tiredness isn't just a physical thing in this sense. There's like an emotional like a bit of a come down like we won so many games in a row pummeling teams and I think that was there was a lot of adrenaline in that there was a lot of like so much uplifting energy and you know like anything after what goes up must come down after putting so much energy and adrenaline and whatever into games and winning games and then you know, we have a few defeats that we probably deserve, that we probably were expected to get defeated in, such as Barcelona. And then suddenly you have this weird come down kind of feeling and like it's hard to regain that momentum and energy. And maybe there's a an emotional tiredness from the players. I mean, <clears throat> I, yeah, there, there could well be. There could well be. I, I think that's more plausible than a physical tiredness because I just think with the amount of, you know, 
the amount that's invested in sort of physical fitness and fitness teams and coaches and and all that and just sort of going out and sort of performing you know you know being young guys i would just sort of i'd be hesitant to say it would be down to tiredness but mental fatigue is definitely something that you know could be an issue Hmm. it's just you guys have got such an important time now i mean that that chelsea game today is a big kick in the teeth because nobody seems to want this third and fourth place like you said it's ridiculous (laughs) i personally i personally think tottenham are shoo-ins and I think Chelsea will get the other spot. And I think Chelsea will get that other spot purely because of how bad the, rest the other of the two are. are. Yeah, because I don't even think Chelsea are that good. I don't think... No, I think Tottenham are very, no. very tired and missing key players. But I, I agree with you. <laughs> and and it's sort of... Like I said, it's crazy because you guys have something to fight for still. And it's sort of... Like I said... It's it's weird. I mean, the, the the sort of the Tottenham result against West Ham. So I thought Tottenham was shoo-ins to win that game. You know what I mean? They have they've not conceded. They before that game they hadn't conceded a goal at their new stadium. They won every game. West and, West Ham I mean, are really they, one of those teams, though, aren't they? And that's it. And the thing is, is it's also West Ham's effort. It's West Ham's cup final, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like. They sort of they go out there to perform, and they sort of the fans are up for it, the players are up for it. Um, but I still saw Tottenham coming through. It Tottenham last weekend against Man City were unlucky not to get from that game, annoyingly enough. Mm. Um, but can we talk about Janssen at Tottenham? I love it. He's so bad. There should be a movie on it. No, honestly, the fact he's still got the number nine shirt, that's what I love. Like, they've brought him back in from nowhere, given him the number nine shirt back, and was just like, look, do it. Just go and do something. Like, watching him is like watching that Sunderland documentary. <laughs> it's just a series of unfortunate events. Oh, I love but that song. It's, it's like oh, you, want, you yeah. want him to do well. You feel so sorry for him. Oh, bless him. Just retire or go to China. Or go. I don't know where he's from, but he should go to his boyhood club. Oh, you there? I think he's touched, isn't he? He does. Oh, oh no! You're breaking up. Ah, I'm back. How are you? Is that right? Yep, you're back. Love that. I think he's Dutch. Oh, okay. Yeah, he should go back to um, FC Groningen. But- The state of football is is that someone will come in and pay twenty million for him. Someone will come in and pay fifteen, twenty million. And he'll still be bad. <laughs> like I think I think I'm just really intrigued just to see what happens with this top four top four race. Because I just want someone to claim it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just want someone to come in and be like, I'm taking it. I'm taking like everyone else is and it's kind of a shame that wolves are so far behind because it would be Nice to see if an outsider could sort of snap people into gear a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I did fear that, like, maybe uh, 
about a month ago, like Manchester United weren't too far ahead of the kind of you know seventh place runners, um, and I feared that they could catch up at some point, but luckily they haven't. Um, but like you said, it, these teams running for the top four probably could do with a kick in the backside. Uh, and I think that's it. I think you. I think you need it. Mm. But I mean, I'm. Yeah, I. I think United and Arsenal are going to miss out because Arsenal. I mean, we can talk about United for a while, but Jesus Christ, what has happened to Arsenal? You know, I I really don't know. <laughs> I genuinely. D- I watched the game today, and. I I just think Arsenal aren't good enough. I've thought that for most of the season. I thought they have, um, what's the word? They've exceeded expectations for me. I didn't think they'll be racing for the top four. No. Do you know what? It's it's weird, isn't it? Because I think they are exactly like Liverpool um, of sort of two years ago. They They almost have to score four goals a game. Because the defence is dreadful, yeah. Well, it is so interesting because they have some, like, strikers who are, like, proven. They're proven good quality strikers, but I don't know if it's, like, the lack of service to them or the lack of Zet. Um, I don't know, but something's missing for them up top. Well, I mean, Aubameyang's on 19 Premier League goals this season. He's only two behind Salah. It's just in the big games, they don't seem to turn up too much. Or Lacazette turns up a lot more than Aubameyang in the big games. I, I don't know. Do you know what? It's crazy because as we're as we're coming to see now, and um, I still can't understand it. Is I think their best player is leaving for Juventus on a free in the in the summer. Absolutely, yeah. And I still, it still baffles me. That they let him do that, mm. but it's so Arsenal. It's so Arsenal-like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it is it is a tough one. I think, like I said, Arsenal have probably exceeded expectations. And if I was an Arsenal fan, if I didn't make it to the top four as an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be too disappointed. After the state that Arsene Wenger kind of left the club, and I think Unai Emery has actually done. Quite a decent job with the with the resources he has. So overall, yeah, I, mean, I would be I quite happy. I don't blame Unai Emery in the slightest. I no. think he's he's been left a shocking, shocking side. Like, yeah. I mean, to be honest, the people that he's brought in, because he brought in Torreira. Good player. That I'm a fan of. Yeah. Uh, Gwenduzi, who I think is a good player, good player and I think yeah. he'll become a real good player. Yep. Um, he brought in Socrates, um, mm. which I mean I'm not a massive fan of him, but as cent- Arsenal centre backs go, he's not the worst. Yeah, <laughs> take that as a compliment if you wish. Um, and he brought in the uh, the guy from Liechtensteiner, but he doesn't really play. Yeah, I mean that. I mean I don't know what that was about, but Leno did he come in this year? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Because I don't know where I stand on Leno. Nor do I. He's... I mean, a couple of months ago, he pulled off a double save that was out of this world. 
Uh, I can't remember who it was against. Uh, being pulled off a double save that was incredible. But then he'll have some howlers. He's decent, I think, is how I describe it. He's decent. See, he's not like, he's not amazing. He's not in the upper echelon of, of goalkeepers, but he's not Joe Hart. Can I just say that upper echelon is why we are one of the best podcasts around. Exactly. Man's just eating dictionary. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would put him at a bracket below decent. Okay. I put him at good. Is that is that below decent? Is he better than um, who was the keeper that Arsenal sold to Roma, who's now at Juventus? Chesney. No, I'd rather have Chesney. Oh, interesting, because Chesney had a mistake um, in or two. I'd rather have Ben Foster. I really like Ben Foster. Yeah, I like Ben Foster. Um, but yeah, no. Top four is going to be very interesting and I look forward to seeing how it pans out over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Let, can we talk about the the bottom of the table before we get into the, the title race? Um, just because a few weeks back I mentioned that I don't think Brighton are good enough and I don't think they deserve to stay in the league. Um, and I think they would... It looks like they're not going to be relegated now. But that's not down to them playing well that's more so down to Cardiff being extremely unlucky did you watch the Cardiff game yesterday by any chance yes I did I did how many refereeing decisions have they been on the end of that have been awful I know I feel so bad for them equally how was that not a penalty yeah I know Mitrovic Mitrovic smash (laughs) Like, honestly, I just, I don't understand it. Like, shout out to Ryan Babble, by the way. Fantastic goal. And, you know, he, he can do that. I think we we know he can do that, but... Neil Warnock, Neil Warnock at the end of the game said he was the one player on the pitch that is worth the most money. Like, just let that sink in. I think that's accurate. What? Right, I'll let you, I'll let you think about that for a minute. Worth the most money on the pitch. You think Ryan Babble is worth the most money on that pitch? Over Ryan Sessegnon, Mitrovic. Mitrovic. Just them two. Just them two prove my point. I don't know though. Like Babble is still playing international football for Netherlands who are in the final of the, that Europe League thing. I think Victor Camarasa is pretty decent as well. Babel is a good player. I think Babel's still got it, man. He hasn't been consistent yeah, but but on his day. How I think. old is he? Forty-two. He's only like—I swear he's only like thirty. No, he's like thirty-two. I think now. He's always good though. Yeah, I, I rate Babel. Babel's my guy, and I like his hair, man. Yeah, I like, I like, don't get me wrong. I like Babel. I like Babel. Fond memories of him at Liverpool. But I—I I can't. I can't say that he's you know the most valuable player money-wise, in their side. I think maybe based on the fact that he's 32 and his best years are probably behind him. But on his day, I think he's probably the most... In this, Right now, I think he's the most talented. Okay, okay, fair point, fair point. 
but no, I completely get what you're saying. Like, I think the refereeing decisions have have very much been against Cardiff, to put it lightly. Yeah. Um, and Brighton, you know, I sort of tried to defend them quite a few times, but they've looked dog rough, like bad. I think they were very lucky uh, to have got a draw against Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would. And I think that if Newcastle were still in that relegation battle, I think that Newcastle would have beaten them. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's... I, they need to sort of press a reset button in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think Cardiff are going down now. I think New, I think Brighton's uh, goal difference is worth a point anyway, isn't it? And I think they're points ahead yeah so it it's looking like I mean Cardiff have got Man United to play still as well and um, oh, so they, they've got a chance then <laughs> well I, I just I, I'm being very cynical towards Man United at the moment and I feel Cardiff Cardiff's effort is definitely you know they should be rewarded for their effort and I think maybe they will be rewarded for their effort against Man United of all teams I hope not though I hope not. Although in saying that, I have pretty much given up on this top four race, so maybe I won't mind losing to Cardiff. All <laughs> will be revealed. All will be revealed. Um, I want to talk as well about... Um, Car- no, I don't actually. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Fulham have won their last three games. Isn't that interesting? And, and kept three clean sheets. Since being relegated, they've decided to, be, to turn it on now. Idiots. <laughs> do you think it's a, do you think it's a pressure thing? Maybe, yeah. I think it is a it's psychological, isn't it? It's almost like you've got nothing to play for, so you yeah, you play without pressure. And equally, I guess yeah. teams probably underestimate them. They think, "Oh, this team's relegated. They've got nothing to play for, so we can just chill a bit." And then it bites them in the bottom. In saying that, watching yeah. Cardiff yesterday, I don't think Cardiff gave him enough respect. Cardiff started the game sort of defensive. And it wasn't until they went a goal down where they thought, oh, we've actually got to, got to attack now. And it all came a bit too little too late. They had like 13 shots in the last 10 minutes or something. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's almost that they were, I think they were just overly cautious about... Mm putting players into the box. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at most crossing opportunities, there was only one player in the box. Yeah. Until, like you said, until they went a goal down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's too little too late now, isn't it? And I don't think they'll come back up next season. No, thanks Cardiff. It's been fun. Neil Warnock watching your hairline uh, recede has been enjoyable <laughs> too. <laughs> Just, just on the subject of promotion, by the way, um, yeah. a, a big shout out to Norwich and Sheffield United. Are they are um, they up now? I haven't really been paying attention. Yeah. So, so they're they're up, um, and I'm I'm excited to see what they do next season because I think Norwich play a an expansive style of football mm-hmm. that if they stick to their guns and. Because they've got, you know, they've got two exciting, two exciting fullbacks. 
Um, they've they've got you know some some good midfielders like Buendia. Um, Timu Puki, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that them them coming up, and if they can stick to their expansive football, like what you know Fulham should have done when they you know sort of they played expansive football, and just go for it, mm-hmm. just go for it. I don't I don't see the point in because if you're going to get relegated, you might as well try and go out of a bank. <laughs> and I think that. That's that's the way they should look at it. That was Fulham's downfall, in all fairness. And I think that's it. I think just just do it. Just think of it as you know we're probably going to get relegated, but have a good go at it. Don't mm. don't sit back and and try and play for the try and play for the draw. Like have a go at teams, and you might surprise yourself. And like Wolves. I know they haven't got the financial. I know neither of them will have the financial back in the walks because I think Chris Wilder's side will, you know, have done well. Um, and I think that, you know, I can't wait to see Billy Sharp in the Premiership because I think that it's just to see what he'll, you know, how he'll do. What a player. Um, but it's, I, I just, I want to see him go for it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And, that, and that's it, really. It's just, I don't want it to be boring. I want to sort of see Norwich or Sheffield United on the team and go, I'd be all right, this will be. Do you know what I mean? Because because they're going to try and go for it and they're going to be expansive and they're going to play out from the back and, you know, they're going to, they're going to, ha- you know, they're going to have shots. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? As simple as having, having more than three shots in a game or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And going from there. If um, honest, looking at the championship, yeah, so, I'm slightly disappointed that Leeds haven't made it to an automatic promotion spot just because I, I was quite excited. I still am quite excited at the prospect of them, you know, being Man United's rival, obviously, and also Bielsa being sort of like that pantomime villain kind of character that he is. I really would like to see Leeds back in the Prem. So, have you heard what happened in the Leeds Villa game today? I. I was listening on Five Live. I went for a 5K run, did a personal best, um, and I was listening on Five Live, and I heard something about a big brawl, a player getting sent off, um, but I don't know the, all the details. Fill me in. So, a Villa player went down, which I think it was Jonathan Codger, mm-hmm. and Villa told Leeds to sort of kick the ball out. So, a Leeds player almost sort of kicked the ball sort of effortlessly, effortlessly but kicked it down the line and one of I think it was Click um, ran onto the ball yeah. ran around a defender and slotted it into the bottom corner and they went mad like the, wow. you know there was a, a brawl there was a brawl between the teams and um, the coaching <laughs> staff were up against each other and then what happened was is um, I think Bielsa told his team to, I think it was after six minutes, I think, or something like that. It took six minutes. And then Bielsa, sort of when Villa finally kicked off, he told like he told his team to let Villa score. Really? And as Villa was going through, as the Villa player was going through, I don't know if it's Pontus Janssen. Yeah. You know, tried to go in for a tackle, like just completely going against everything, sort of in almost, 
I mean, the Villa player got round him and the keeper sort of let him score anyway. But then that started another ruckus. So it was sort of like six or seven minutes of just madness. Wow. I love sportsmanship. I love it. Well, this is why I want teams like Leeds and Leeds are like the mill of the north, aren't they? They're kind of renowned for being a bit nasty. (laughs) And Bielsa being that pantomime villain, I'd love to see him in the Premier League just dirty tactics. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, playing for them fouls and whatever. (laughs) To be be fair to Bielsa, he was the one that told him to kick it out. So... Yeah. Just a surprise, actually. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, so Championship is always entertaining and Mm. I look forward to uh, whoever comes up through the playoff as well. Hopefully Leeds, fingers crossed. Um, So, yeah, we have new... Well new teams in the Premier League, but who is going to be the Premier League champion? Uh, I think we can talk about it now. Uh, I think we should start chronologically, i.e. the game that was played first this week on Friday night. I must say, got me loads of points on my fantasy football team. I'm now top of my work league, which is great, thanks to Sadio Mane, who I made triple captain. Um, But yeah, so Liverpool... Pretty dominant, really. I mean, what else do you expect against Huddersfield? But you battered them. To right be fair. now, now I am. I, I don't care whether I sound biased or not, right? But I'm going to wax lyrical for a couple of minutes Go on. about this Liverpool team mm-hmm. because every time. So this isn't like a Liverpool team I ever remember, ever. Yeah, it, we have a composure um, and I don't even think we had it throughout, throughout all of this season I think this is just something that's happened weirdly enough after we went on that little blip where we started drawing games yeah so when we start when we started to win games it's almost started then and it's almost this calmness yeah and it's sort of that we know we can trouble teams and we know that it will happen and we will do um, sort of, we'll we'll go about our business, and it's down to them to stop us. Whereas I feel like Liverpool teams in the past have almost worried about stopping the op- stopping the opponent first. Yeah. Um. It. We've got ninety one points with two games remaining. Like, That's it haunts me to say, City are going to win the league, right? City are going to win the league on ninety eight points. Um, and it kills me. It kills me that we are going to finish second on 97 because I think we'll probably win both of our next two games. Um, I think we'll struggle against Newcastle, mm-hmm. um, but I think we will win. Um, I have every sort of, I've got so much hope that Brendan Rodgers might do something, but because it's at the, because it's at Man City, that's the reason that I'm not sort of, I'm not um, too confident. But I know we've battered Huddersfield on the podcast before. But they're crap. We was, we, <laughs> they, they're bad. They're bad. Like, but we were real good. Like, um, we have um, two great fullbacks who. Yeah, I really wanted to mention them a, for sure a great ability to 
to whip a ball in and get the assist. I mean, I think for the season, Andy Robertson's on 11 assists and Trent's on nine. Um, I don't think anyone, any defender have, has got more than 11 in a season. In history. Um, yeah, in the in Premier League history anyway. Um, I think it was Leighton Baines with 11 and someone else. And I can't remember who it is for the life of me. Um, Virgil van Dijk is a Rolls Royce of a centre-back. I think it's, um, it's likely he's going to get it doesn't seem like he ever comes out of second gear, which is which is great 98% of the time, but there's 2% where it's almost like he's in trouble and he can't get out of second gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I just, just, it seems to be moulding really well now. And I sort of, I'm, I'm, we've got Barcelona on Wednesday night mm-hmm. and I'm quietly confident. Actually, I'm not even quietly confident. I'm just confident. Like, we should, we should be going there and saying, how are you going to stop us? Like, what are you going to do to stop us? Right, Barcelona, you know. And that's what I mean. But that's where we've got to. Like, because we, and rightly so, should show them all the respect in the world. They have the best player in the world and maybe ever. But... Tino might come back and hurt you, man. <laughs> do you know what? I... I just have this funny feeling after I've said after waxing lyrical that it's going to be Coutinho and Suarez at score. <laughs> yeah, and um, Suarez will but, celebrate. He's not going to be like respectful. <laughs> that's it. Um, but I mean, we. I'm I'm just confident. I'm confident. Ninety set like, and we've. T- I feel like we've turned a corner now. But what I don't want us to do is, is retreat next season and sort of go back to challenging for fourth because we're onto such a good thing. And if we can keep the core of this team and add little bits here and there, um, I think we can right back, right be back up there with City. Um, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, Virgil van Dijk has won PFA Player of the Year. I did, yeah, I did know. Um, well done to him. Personally, yeah. my, my so, pick uh, was uh, Sterling, but... Hey, they're both deserved winners. Whoever won it was going to be deserved of it. That's it. That's it. Um, and this Manchester City side that I think scored today with a shot that went across the line by just over two and a half centimetres. Oh, that, 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 I think this is what? what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Like the last two games, Liverpool are going to win by heavy margins, look convincing. And Man City are going to scrape through. <laughs> but the thing is, is this Man City team are unbelievable. Yeah. Like they've collected, if they win their games, they've collected 198 points in two seasons. Unbelievable. Record breaking. Like, like they are, like, neither, neither team have bottled this. I know, I know that people are going to say this is deflection because we had like a seven point lead over Christmas and, and I get that. And if people feel that way, then you're wrong, but it's, I don't understand how you can bottle it and have 97 points at the end of the season. Hmm. This um, has got to be the greatest premier league title race of all time. Two teams that are like head and shoulders above, above the rest of the teams. I mean, 
it's it's hard for me to say that because you know Man United have been the most dominant team in the Premier League over the years, and we're not even in the best title race of all time. Um, and so I think pains me to say, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think we just we have to wait and see, don't we? I mean, you you can't. Um, I don't think it's going to be as climactic as the Man United Man City 2012 with Aguero scoring against QPR. Oh my God, that was unbelievable. I don't think it's going to be like that. I I think we'll know. I think it will go down to the last day, but I think we'll know after about 20 minutes when Man City go 2 0 up at Brighton uh, that they're going to win the league. Um, But um, I'm. I think I'm just really proud. I'm really proud of, the, of what Liverpool have achieved um, because we, I didn't expect it. I, I, I sort of, I'm quite, uh, well, as Liverpool fans go, I'm quite reserved as you, as you know. Wait, what do you mean reserved? Uh, as in you don't send memes and stuff when you win games. Yeah, yeah, and okay. but also I sort of that. like I'm I'm not going to say it's our year every year. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd finish third this year. Like I didn't believe the hype that we'd be up there with City. I thought it would be City, then Chelsea, then us. Um, but I'm so pleased that sort of they've proved me wrong and that we were able to actually challenge properly. Um, for a title, mm. um, and I'm I can't wait for these next couple of weeks, but I also can't wait for next season because I think that as long as we keep the core, well, my worry is that someone like Mane is going to go off to Madrid, or um you know, someone's going to come in with a gigantic offer for Salah or, and I think as long as we can keep the core and then bring in sort of like a little bit of quality here and there, I think I'm I'm not going to say next year is going to be our year because City are an unbelievable team, but I think we'll be right up there again. You're going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. I think you've got, just everything in place, young players, a great manager who looks pretty dedicated and, you know, forward thinking. I'm, if I'm completely honest, I'm extremely envious of Liverpool and Man City for that, um, who just look like the perfect teams, dare I say it. That hurt, that <sighs> really you. hurt, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally felt the pain in my heart as I said that. I bigged up <laughs> my two biggest rivals. Just for the record as well, I absolutely want Man City to win the league I, I don't think I can deal with Liverpool fans not you like you said you're quite reserved but I have some my dad is one and I have some other Liverpool fan friends who I just know are not going to shut up and yeah rinse me and I, I don't mean think don't, I do don't, don't get me wrong don't get me wrong if if we win the league I'm going to be as unbearable as everybody else oh. but <laughs> but I will stay reserved um, and I will uh, be very respectful to the city team if they do beat if they do beat us to the title. 
it's it's gonna be really exciting, man. I can't wait. Wait, so let's also talk about the Champions League. How, do you fancy yourself in the Champions League as well? Because you said you're ready for Barcelona. Do you think you're ready for the final too? Mm. I think if you beat Barcelona, you have got to be favourites. So, so I, I'm I like I like being reserved because I don't feel like it puts pressure. Not not that they care about what I think, but takes pressure away from the team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm quite yeah, I'm confident. I mean, like, and it could blow up in our faces. It could, it could blow completely up in our faces, and we could get absolutely trounced by Barcelona at the new camp, and then you know, beat them two one at Anfield and go out sort of five one on aggregate. But I, like I said, I this is the first time where I feel like we can go and be like, "How are you going to stop us?" Rather than we're going to try and stop you. Oh man! Ah, oh. and I, and I think it's going to make for a really good game. Never in my life have Liverpool been on this level with Barcelona. So, I mean, but that's only my say. So, do you know what I mean? That's not. You might completely disagree. You might think, well, actually, I don't think you stand a chance of going through. But the the worst thing is, I I do think you do because. This Barcelona team aren't the Barcelona team of like yesteryear. I think they're still amazing, but they're not. You know, they're they're on the come down, whereas Liverpool are very much on the come up. You've got hungry players. You've got young players, players that have come into their own, like Van Dijk, like Robertson's been incredible. Trent, obviously, Salah is like one of the best players in the world. All of a sudden, um, whereas. I think it's safe to say Barcelona have some great players. Messi, obviously, still the greatest player in the world. But is his best years behind him? Has he won it all already and therefore isn't as hungry? I don't know. No, I I don't think he'll ever stop being hungry. Um, I think that he will continue to dominate. and I think he'll continue to be unbelievable. He'll continue to break records. Um, I, do, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, because I don't think anyone can stop him. I don't think there's, I think you have to have a multitude of players performing at their absolute best to be able to do anything to negate his talent. No one can stop him I, but him. I just have this feeling that we're going to do all right. I would love it if Liverpool finished the season with nothing. <laughs> Please finish. And that, that's the thing. We There's a good, there's a, such a strong chance we will because we're facing Barcelona and we're facing, um, and we're, and we're facing a Man City team that, you know, are unbelievable. So, there, there's great chance we will. And I, I think it's more hope than anything. I think because I think the league's gone. I think I do think the league's gone, despite the fact they're only a point behind. I don't see City slipping up. The funny thing is, um, this is probably the greatest, well, if not definitely, the greatest Liverpool team we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And if they don't win anything, then we're going to look back at this year in history as 
nothing because it's trophies that count we did that's it. in that's years it. to come you don't remember coming second and that and that's it that's it we will be we will be in 20 years time a pub quiz answer yep <laughs> we will if we don't win the league we'll be a pub quiz answer in 20 years and but at the moment I'm sort of like I said I'm I'm just let's just see how it goes I don't think that they I don't think City will drop any points but if they don't we'll just look forward to next season and try again Nice one, man. Um, any other any other business to talk about in the world of football? Um, uh, I mean, well, yeah, obviously Shane Long. Oh, Shane Long misses an open goal, but he does score again. Like honestly, Shane Long is, you know, the best striker in Europe once again. He just yeah, and he's Irish, which which I love. I, I just I like Irish people. I reckon he's like a great. He's a great crack, as they say. Oh, he's a great crack. He's a great crack. <laughs> and I can't think of anything better to end this week's show on. Sorry if that was racist. I never offended any Irish people. <laughs> I'm sure you're all great cracks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually don't think I can top that I think we should end on that high nice one man <laughs> till next week sir till next week have a good one mate catch you later All right. <laughs> bye bye bye